Mercer, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Oh, my God. You're legitimately on painkillers. I'm going to give this glee a pass. <laughs> I'd be more gleeful if you'd fucking share them, but... My burps taste like glitter. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is episode 29. Yep. And uh, you need the painkillers. I need painkillers because uh, I'm going to warn you right up front. This is not going to be quite as long an episode for the same reasons that a couple of them were not that long at San Diego Comic-Con because we literally just walked back in the door from the third day of Boston Comic-Con, which we attended all three days of. Yeah, as civilians even. Um. (laughs) Yeah, no press passes or anything. There was nothing we particularly had to cover. It's just whenever we come back from San Diego, and I think I said this last week, by Sunday there's the feeling that I have is I don't want it to be over, but I can't fucking take anymore. And after a couple days, as your legs start to heal, just that I don't want it to be over, it starts to take over. So having a convention this soon afterwards, it's a good thing for sort of leveling off. It's like if you're doing a deep sea dive and you come halfway up so you don't get nitrogen bubbles and stroke out. It's like methadone, you know. <laughs> Which really should be Boston Comic Con's <laughs> motto. Methadone that prevents nitrogen strokes in your brain. <laughs> Which is really not in any way fair because it's really become a hell of a convention yeah actually because we went and i may have mentioned this in a previous show but we went probably 2009 maybe 2010 something like that yeah and uh at the time it was in april and it was still in the basement of some hotel near chinatown sort of in the theater district i want to say no it was over it was over um by Park Plaza. It was off that away. Okay, but either way, it was <laughs> it was sort of a, a basement series of two or three interconnected rooms. Yes. And at that point, they were starting to make an effort to make it bigger. Because they had a couple of name artists there who yeah. just had tables in the artist alley. Who Tim Sale was there. Um, Tim Sale was there. David Mack was there. Yeah, Jeff Darrow was Jeff there. Jeff Darrow was there. But there were only, yeah, like them and maybe one or two others. Yep. Otherwise, it was all... Local folks. It, yeah. It, it was like the a step above the comic conventions that you'd go to in like 1987. At the Knights of Columbus. Yeah, where it would be <laughs> the, the 10 comic stores in a 200-mile radius and... A wrestler signing something, or and somebody with with the thing that they were making, like with a photocopier that they had bought, and they'd stapled it together by hand. Yeah, as close to a zine as yeah. you could, <laughs> as you could get. And I think Nicholas Brendan was the big name <laughs> at that one in two thousand nine. Yeah, and uh, so we didn't go for a few years, not because we didn't want to support it, but it just didn't get around to it. Life got in the way. We went back last year, and last year it was supposed to be in April. And then that dick blew up the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And so it wound up getting postponed and moved from the Heinz Convention Center, which is a reasonably large convention center in downtown Boston, to the Seaport New uh, Seaport World Trade Center, which is a lot bigger. Yes. 
and yeah, a bunch of new names because of the scheduling change or if they wanted to, you know, throw in behind Boston Strong signed on. So it was really big last year. It was just Saturday and Sunday. And it it was a zoo then. Yeah. We pre ordered tickets and still had to stand in a line that went almost all the way around the building. Yep. Um so this year with the success that they had last year, they moved it to three days. It started Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um and then still in the same location. Same location. So and so yeah, uh I, I got three day passes. Um but this time, the the one thing they do is the day before, so on Thursday, from noon to 8, they had people on site. So if you could get in there with your barcode from buying the tickets, you could pick up your wristband. That's one difference between Boston, a regional con, and San Diego. There's no nice laminate with your name. They well, give there you were, a wristband. like There were you, laminates if you were there to be an exhibitor or an artist. Just yeah. for the rest of us, it was it was wristbands like you were trying to get into a rave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't wear this, we're not going to serve you $8 bush. <laughs> so, um, which we took advantage of this year. And I really didn't think we we're going to have to because it seemed awful quick to expand from from two days to three. Yeah. Um, and particularly with Friday afternoon, it's not a particular holiday weekend. I really thought Friday was going to be dead. But we were going on Friday with uh, our contributors trebuchet and pixie sticks so i was like all right fine we'll go in and, and pick the things up we got there friday at two o'clock and, and it was like the population bomb exploded yeah, it's as though no one went to work somehow on friday <laughs> yeah the place was packed every day was packed uh, yeah. today i think was more packed than yesterday and, and it was the Sunday end of show kind of thing. I'm not sure if it was more packed because yesterday there were more people just waiting to get in because they were holding people at the door yesterday and and basically counting people leaving and then letting those many more people in. Did it really reach that point? Yeah, that was I yesterday. I didn't notice that because I was so... <laughs> brain damaged it, it occurred to me today i did the math we've done eight days <laughs> of comic book conventions of less than the last 21 days go us yeah no go us <laughs> it's fucking stupid no human <laughs> being should do that someone stop us <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, my knees are destroyed stop being stop me before i con again <laughs> <laughs> yeah write that one down okay. um but yeah I mean, my legs are shot and the the thing about I'm not even sure where to go with this. The thing about the Boston convention, it's nowhere near the size of San Diego. As a regional convention, it's really pretty big at yeah. this point. I, I wouldn't want to estimate what the capacity was. I'm but, sure uh, some news group somewhere will put that up. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the floor was completely packed compared to the San Diego floor. I want to say it's maybe an eighth the size. I at least yeah. Wouldn't go so far as to say it's a quarter. No. But no. I mean. The San Diego floor is like two football fields. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, this is... You can get a clear shot from one end to the other where there's the entrance to the couple of rooms where they have panels. And even shuffle stepping, you can get across the floor in about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, but it's long enough and wide enough. If you want to do a real lap of the floor, it, it, taking your time and looking at stuff, it'll probably take you 45 minutes, an hour. Yeah. So it, it's certainly not the size of, of San Diego, but still coming right up on the heels of it, 
it's really just it, it's hard on the legs, man. I, I don't know. It, and my ankle, my ankle was unhappy with me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, hence multiple painkillers, and uh, I'll be drinking some painkillers probably in about an hour if I have my way. <laughs> but are you googling up the uh, total attendance? attendance? Yeah, yeah, they probably won't estimate it at this point. I'm trying to remember what it was last year, but yeah, again, eight days of conventions, and I'm lucky I know my own name at this point. But I mean, and and for a regional convention, it it, it didn't have the big national stuff. The one uh, national publishing house that had a booth this year was Valiant Comics. Yep. Um, which was nothing huge. It was basically you know a couple people. I don't think they even had any signings, but uh, they they had trades of all their stuff and some sample comics to give out. Um, otherwise, uh, what was it? a lot of local retailers, every single one of them had those goddamn, what were they? PVC, those figures, those oh, oh, squat um, little bobbleheads. Yeah. I would have known what they were called up until like two seconds ago. They're the, um, yeah, they're basically bobbleheads of every comic character and, Pop culture, you could get every one of the Targaryens. The, Funko, I think, there is the brand. Yeah, and it, either way, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting one of those. Although I didn't see anybody actually buy one, to tell you the truth. But Funko pop vinyl. Yeah, figures. that's it. It's kind of cool looking, and certainly there's a market for it. Yeah, everybody going there, going, oh, I need a tchotchke for my desk. Yeah, they're all yeah. non-offensive, you know, nobody's... Oh, I can get Arya Stark, and, and she looks cute, and not stabby. And... Yeah, she doesn't look like she's driven by revenge and nearly <laughs> driven mad with loss and grief. Yeah, she and, looks happy and cute. And more importantly, she doesn't have the sword that she uses <laughs> to just kill passers-by by the end of this... Uh, spoiler, she kills a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it, it just is is a cute little little figure that you can put on your desk. There's no, um, you know, dying hound accessory or... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would buy that. <laughs> I don't want it in no Funko Goofy, though. Just give me, <laughs> maybe, give me like a McFarlane Toys and like a blood pump on it. I'll put that on top of my monitor whenever somebody calls. Rob, can you do this? Oh, excuse me. Blood, blood sprays in the air. <laughs> I may just start throwing blood at people at work, is what I'm saying. When 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 you do that, though, you should also have a bell at your desk that you ring. Got another one. <laughs> no, I'm gonna put a bell right on my uh, right on my the arm of my chair. I'm just gonna go full Tico Saltamanga. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I was I was thinking more just in terms of like you know another one sold kind of one of those bells. Yeah, but... no, I want to make it clear <laughs> that I'm calling for a head if the bell goes off. This is what this many days at a convention duty. Am I, I gonna could, need to get you a nurse? <laughs> it's it's very possible. The, the sad thing is, I like my boss. I don't want to blow half his face off. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. He took but, care of our cat. <laughs> yeah, but oh, this is what this many days of a convention convention does to you. I can barely talk. I, I can't hold a train of thought for more than thirty or forty seconds. You're actually drooling right now. It, just that's impressive. Ab just about, <laughs> and I just sort of want to sit back and like stick a beer on my chest and sort of tilt it into my mouth every two or three minutes. I won't do that on the leather. Just couch. move as little as possible and just sort of drink the pain away. Do that in the twenty-year-old recliner. Don't do that on the couch. That's fine. <laughs> I have no problem with that. I'll do it on the floor. It's got a lever and everything. So I'll, I'll do it on the front step. I'll sit in the car <laughs> at this point. No, because inevitably you would spill the beer, and then you would just randomly get pulled over for like a, a tail light being out, and they'd ask you why your car smells like beer. Oh, baby, when I get pulled over, it ain't random. I'm doing something terrible. <laughs> I flaunt the law in my car. 
In my car, I have a loud stereo, which means I have my own soundtrack album. I am a hero in my car. <laughs> That's the only place I'm a hero. Uh, you're a hero every day, baby. Oh, That's all I ask. <laughs> Just have the common decency to lie to my fucking face. I'm... I'm I'm making it sound like Boston Comic Con <laughs> turns you into a spastic, and it doesn't. It, on top of the other one, uh, on top of San Diego, yeah, I don't recommend that experience well, we, back to back. We did see one artist getting through the convention with a liter and a half bottle of vodka on his table. I'm just saying. Yes, and, and when, we, <laughs> when we talk about commissions, we will certainly <laughs> certainly talk about Mr. Bisley, <laughs> who who is actually a hoot. And he's, a lot yeah, of fun he's to a really great to. guy. But you know, all right, it, so. In general, just sort of painting the picture. You know, picture it, it's a at this point, Boston is a big regional convention. Yes, um, it's definitely not the size of San Diego. It's probably not the size of New York, which we have not gone to because uh, whatever we would save, you know, taking the horrible college student bus to New York for ten dollars, we yeah. would pay in Fungwa. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Fungwa death bus, where yeah. the, when you step on the brake pedal, bus might stop, bus might explode. They but, may ask you at any time to stick your own foot out to help stop the bus. Yeah, very possible. <laughs> but we would sir, we would lose it in hotel rooms and uh, having all our luggage fumigated for bed bugs. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely, I'd say it's probably the size of any of the relatively major. It, it's got the potential to become a major player. Yeah. Um, I mean, what were some of the the names? That were, Gail Simone was there. Gail Simone was there. Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, um, Eric Powell. Simon Bisley. Um, yeah. uh, Tim Bradstreet had a cigarette yeah. next to Tim Bradstreet. <laughs> he didn't know that you were, but yeah, you you did. Well, I was there. He, he knew I was looking at his name tag to make sure it was Tim Bradstreet, <laughs> and then he turned away because I probably smelled like desperation of fanboy. Oh, no, the rubes are staring. <laughs> yeah. Right down smells like desperation of fanboy. I just kind of like the sound of that. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, who else was there? Uh God, I'm drawing blanks now. Um, Jay Lee wasn't there, but it was. Uh, um, yeah, of course we didn't bring the program up here because we weren't thinking that far ahead. Like I said, we're a little fried today. Um, let's Suffice see. it to say, yeah. there were a significant number of fairly major names, and they've been able to get them for the last couple of years. Last year, they had George Perez. Um. Oh, Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor. Yep, yep, they were there. You couldn't get any closer to them there than you could at San Diego, frankly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we brought books in uh, to get them signed. It was just like, uh, we, we can't wait yeah, in that I, line. I learned things about myself that I thought were, it, I thought was because, you know, when we'd go to San Diego, I'm like, no, it's just too huge and I can't be bothered. No, I really can't be bothered to stand in a line. I just can't. I can't do it. I. <laughs> Let's be fair. Eight days of conventions in less than three weeks. I, I wasn't willing to stand in, in, in too many lines either. Neil Adams uh, was also there. Um, oh, yeah, which would have been cool. Except, All right. So the first thing I did when we got there was my main goal was since Simon Bisley was there, uh, who's drawn, you know, trust me, you know his name, Lobo. Um, yeah, but he's, right now he's doing the Tower Chronicles with Matt Wagner. Um, but he's he's done Judge Dredd. The first Judge Dredd yep. comic I read, I think, was uh, the first Batman Judge Dredd crossover back in the late '80s, early '90s, which he drew. So my goal was, since I didn't pick up any art at San Diego, I wanted a Judge Dredd. Um, so yeah, the, he was the first booth we went to. 
and yeah, he was just sitting there. He'd brought no art for sale. He was taking commissions, but his first joke was, I, I had that comic book, and I wanted him to sign it. And he's like, how much should I charge for a signature? <laughs> 10 bucks, 20 bucks, how much should I charge? And it was a joke because almost nobody charges for just a signed book. Right. Particularly since we brought one. <laughs> you know, a lot of these signings you go to, people bring a short box worth of shit. Yeah. You know, and immediately turn them around on eBay. It's, no, this book meant something to me. I wanted to meet the guy, brought one book. We walked by Neil Adams' booth, and to be fair, he had some great, reasonably priced prints for sale. And one I kind of regret not getting was a great Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Point blank blowing the head off a zombie with that Colt Python. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. Let me, I think I might get that for 10 bucks and have him sign it since he's sitting there. And then there's the big sign, Neil Adams' signature, 20 fucking dollars. To have him sign anything you put oh, in front of him. I'm and, sorry, sir. Can you dust that with some gold foil while you're there with your dick? Yeah. Jesus. Look, <laughs> the man is a legend. Yep. If I ever have all the money, I would love to get a Neil Adams original Batman uh, just to get something signed. To, uh, unless he's, you know, signing the thing to get me out of a $300 <laughs> speeding ticket. It, it's, yeah, I just, I can't do that. Particularly since, uh, yeah, we walked by tons of other booths. Nobody was... No. I don't think anybody, nobody I saw was charging so, for a Some signature. of the creators that were there were showing like these stacks of books that people had brought to to get signed. Like Gail Simone had a picture up of somebody's entire like Batgirl Oracle collection of trades that yeah. she had signed. Um, and, and by the way, as as a fellow convention goer, don't, don't fucking do that. Most of, I don't think I've met a creator who wouldn't sign whatever you put in front of them. Um, but there are other fucking people there who want their shit signed. Yeah, I think last year Tony Daniels was there, and we walked by the line um, of folks waiting for him, and at least one person had like a whole short box. It's like that's just not cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I mean, the first time we came across it was surprising because the first signing we ever went to was our second or third San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you brought. Uh, You'd bought a few, it was for Warren Ellis yep. at the uh, Avatar booth, yep. and I forget what the the most recent uh, Ellis series was going on. But you were behind a couple issues. I was behind a couple issues. I think you had also picked up some Doctor Sleepless because he signed your Doctor Sleepless, right? Um, but yeah, I just picked up the one. But you'd bought three or four issues just because you were behind. Yeah. And when we got to the front of the line, he grabbed them all. He signed every one of them. So like, reflexively, like he's yeah. used to people doing this to him. That just sort of makes me a little sad. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know. Uh, we're we're not speculators. Obviously, we collect. Yeah. I, I've spoken repeatedly about the storage facility I've had to rent for my long boxes, long box 32 going over there <laughs> this week. But you know, it's for me at least it's about, you know, if it's just a signing, it's a hey man, I like your work. I just want to meet you and talk to you for about 90 seconds yeah. and you know, great. I have a keepsake and it's for me. Yeah, so many of these people go in. It's like, no, no, no. Who should I sign this to? Don't sign it to anybody. It's going on eBay, motherfucker. Yeah, and I don't know. I I understand wanting to get signatures on as many things because you are a fan and you love the person, so you want to surround yourself with memorabilia from that person. So give me all the signatures, and are you done with that Kleenex? And where's your jack sock? <laughs> Can I just buy your jack sock so I have it? I don't have any creepy science projects that you need to know about in my basement. I swear <laughs> to God! 
not cloning you as far as you know. <laughs> That's much classier than where I was going with it, which is I just like to jack into the same sock. It's because I'm fucking classy. <laughs> you are, and I am the lowest form of life. <laughs> so, <clears throat> creators getting inundated with books, we tried not to contribute to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it would have been really cool to you know, get something signed by uh, Palmiotti and, and Connor, but yeah, it was just, it's just, just too hard. I just didn't have it in me. And and even today I had a moment where I, I flipped out because I was asked by a volunteer to walk around a line rather than through of folks that were waiting for a uh, Snyder, Snyder and Capullo. Capullo. And I can't begrudge them. They're waiting in line. And, and, and you know what? I think in San Diego, I, I bypass all this stuff because this stuff happens at like the, the publisher's booths. Whereas here it happens in artist alley. So it just is one more thing that gets in the way of trying to get things done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just sort of happening. And, you know, I try to keep in mind we're, we're extremely fortunate in that we've been able to go to San Diego yes. so many times. Not everybody can do it. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, you know, this is my local big convention. Uh, this is what I'm going to go to. And this is the only chance I'm going to have to meet these guys. Right. So, you don't want to begrudge them. I begrudge the short box where the books to sign, yeah. but I don't begrudge people standing in line. No, no, I don't. I just, I can't, I, I don't have the patience. It's the reason I don't have the patience to be in Hall H, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have the patience even to be in a line at a smaller regional convention to see some folks who I would love to tell have given me a great deal of joy with their book. I, I can't stand in a line. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that was one of the, the negatives for Boston Comic Con both this year and last year. The line to get in, if you did not take advantage of the head into Boston Thursday and get your wristband, which uh, was nothing. I mean, it's we live right on the outskirts of town, uh, so it's not a big deal to get into the city. But you know, it's a, a little bit of a pain in the ass after a full day of you know our day jobs. Yeah. But yeah, once we got there, we were in and out in two minutes. Because of that, on Friday we could walk in, but the line... <laughs> all right, if you're facing the front door of the convention center, the line for people trying to buy tickets went a block and a half down on the left. Yeah. And the line of people who already had purchased tickets and had their barcodes and were just trying to get them done went at least around to the side of the building on the right. Yep. So that's, that's one thing they just don't have a handle on, at least up until now is how to deal with this kind of rush. Part of that, I think, has to do with the facilities. Yeah. San Diego, understanding the rush and having the facilities they have, as much as people complain about they have to make the San Diego Convention Center bigger, they've got that whole second floor area where they can set up 200 stations and have the volunteers there to, to run through that line. Yeah, I, you know, if they're going to choose to stay at the Seaport Convention Center... Um... I wonder if they would be better served making some deals with the hotel across the street so that maybe registration could happen over there. And That's really not a bad <laughs> idea. And then people can just have freer access in and out without clogging up that, that lobby. Yeah, because um, that was another thing we talked about. Again, we live on the outskirts of Boston, you know, literally the, the main suburbs right on the ring. Um, the Seaport Convention Center is a good facility. It is a shitty location oh God. if you want to get in and out. <laughs> yeah, if you can drive, which we were able to do today, 
Um, and you can get there at a time where there's a couple of reasonably sized parking lots. Still not cheap. It was like 18 bucks to park. Um, but both lots were basically just about full. We got there at a reasonably early time, so we were able to get a spot toward the back. Yep. But it's nowhere near any of the main public transportation, you know, the, the MBTA, they call it the T here in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, the main subway or commuter rail lines, nothing's close by. Uh, the closest is a thing that they're trying like hell to convince people <laughs> is a real line, the Silver Line, which is a, a small series of... Like shuttle buses, right? Bendy buses. Bendy buses. <laughs> that run a very particular route at very particular times. I don't think I saw a single one near the convention center. Not near the convention center. The only time I saw one was when we went to go get dinner after picking up our bands on Thursday evening out in Southie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not a thing that runs very much. And the closest real public transportation hub is South Station. But that's a good... At least a, three quarters of a mile yeah, away. Yeah, and it's a hike. It's, I mean, and not a huge hike, but it's a hike. And it's you're, you're crossing a bridge, and it's just this horrible concrete canyon. And if you're going at, like, between 11 and 1, which is when the doors are at prime time, it's just this horrible, sun-beaten gauntlet of pain. I'm sorry, for half a second you said, there's a bridge and there's a river, and I felt like that you should have been following that up with, and then there's a troll and a dragon. <laughs> I didn't see any dragons this year. <laughs> but I, I did not see a dragon. I did see someone doing Daenerys cosplay with a dragon egg. All right. Close enough. I, <laughs> I did try to slay her. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's a tough location to get to, except by foot by cab or by personal car. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, and it was tough enough. It wasn't that bad today because we were able to drive because the traffic was not too bad on the Mass Pike to get in. Yeah. Um, and yesterday we would have driven, but we got a little bit of a late start. And frankly, we recognized our own tendencies and said, you know, when this is all over, we're going to go someplace in town and get hammered. So yeah. we don't want to be behind the wheel with that because I take chances. I'm a hero in my car. But. <laughs> Don't drink and drive, kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Seaport Hotel, and I, f- I forget what hotel chain it is, but it's right across the street. It, it was at the point we're thinking, uh, when we go next year, maybe we'll just get a room. Because with the cab that we took yesterday Might've... and the cabs <laughs> that we took on Friday, right? you know, and, all right, and have we at least bought ourselves a room, like, on the, on the side overlooking urban blight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't even get to see the dull pineapple containers. So what would we get to see? Ooh, 93. Yeah. <laughs> I see 93. I don't, <laughs> do you want a view? I see this city every fucking day. I don't need a view. Yeah. So, I, yeah, the if they could get something going with a hotel, particularly if they could get, and I don't know that it's big enough for them to do it now. Mm. That's why maybe once we get the sound equipment checked up, maybe I could ping these guys and see if they want to do an interview because I'd be interested in hearing if they have any idea how many people came from out of town or if it really is just a regional locals. Because it'd be great if they could get a hotel deal the way that San Diego gets with every fucking hotel in town with this one they just need the one yeah yeah I I do wonder um, because I got a sense in terms of talking to some of the vendors some came as far away as Houston Um, yeah I mean most of the retailers were New England local but there were a few that came from from out Um, so I I, you know I'm wondering 
the same as far as the demographics of the attendees. I, I heard a couple of folks speaking today what sounded like French, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were from away. They might have just been pretentious. They <laughs> might have been stroking out. <laughs> yeah, speaking that, in tongues, trying to get around the floor. That's Because <laughs> that's the other thing. God damn it, they need to amp up the air conditioning. Yeah. It's and this is a, a little thing. Yeah, with the air conditioning was not low, and the, it was a little better this year than last year. But it is wicked easy to get dehydrated just walking that floor for a couple hours. Yeah, and I will say bonus points to the convention staff for bringing out the carts with snacks and water earlier this year. Yeah, last year we didn't see them until Saturday afternoon. But on the other hand, they had them just walking the floor with the rest of the convention, or so it seemed. And I'm sorry, I don't want to have to go try to chase one down when I'm <laughs> dying of thirst. Yeah. Just have stations. <laughs> now, also, to be fair, um, in the area with the panels, and we didn't attend any panels this year. Not no. because there weren't any good ones, but it was, again, so soon after San Diego, any news they have to announce, we've probably already heard. Yeah. Most of the people who are on panels, we've seen on other panels before, so it's not like it wouldn't have been cool to see them. Um, but it's it really seemed like, like last year, they were emptying out the rooms before letting people in. Yeah. Which made everything, at least for the one panel we tried, what did we try to get into the DC panel? or uh, the Batman Something like panel. that. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, it was just, we stood there for a while, and people were coming out, and things would get confused. Yeah, it was the Batman panel. And yeah, they weren't, we got into the room, but they weren't counting the people going in. So you got in there, and it was a free-for-all. So yeah, four people could sit if you, you know, did not want to have a social experience with your attendees. (laughs) Yeah, so we wound up just saying, okay, it's this would be fun, but it's just, it's not worth it for what we're, we're here to do, which is just sort of have a good convention that's not overwhelming and it almost was anyway yeah but in those areas they did have uh water that was reasonably that was well, true yeah well filled up so that people could just go and get it but you had to go to a panel or at least try to get into a panel to know that was there true so yeah your choices if you're dehydrated are either bring your own stuff which we wound up doing um there was a concession stand which was centrally located and didn't move but the line became a zoo because yep. that was the one place you knew you could go get something, get one of the carts that was going around, or you could go out and right alongside there was a Seven Eleven that had a line that was almost as long as the line to go see Palmiotti and Connor. Yeah, <laughs> that was the line I was willing to stand in because I needed my water. <laughs> yeah, that or the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, and if you've ever been to Boston, <laughs> you fuck with the line at Dunkin' Donuts at your peril. Yeah. I would rather jump the line at Hall H in San Diego. And <laughs> take your chances. I would take less of a beating <laughs> than if I got in front of somebody's dunks iced if they're feeling a little thirsty. You best not be getting between me and my dunks. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with the man at the D&D. He's there for a reason. And your, your life is not one of them. Don't start none. Won't be none. Exactly. <laughs> so, so they did do better with that this year. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it was kind of a problem. And there was, yeah, the one point where we did have to go to the 7-Eleven. And yeah. then we said, after that, I said, screw it, we're just going to bring our own stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, if they could do something with a hotel, that, that'd be awesome. I, I don't know if they could. But the one thing where it really seemed to excel, I, I don't know if it's along the lines of, of San Diego, but I have found for the last two years when I get convention art, I've brought it home from Boston as opposed to San Diego. They had a very, very solid artist alley. Yeah. 
Now yeah. the, the artist alley was was solid and for the most part fairly easy to traverse through. Um, yeah, this year what was it? Deviant Art uh, sponsored Artist Alley in San Diego. Yep. Uh, because of that, they had big signs up saying, "Hey, Artist Alley's over here." And it's Artist Alley in San Diego has really been a zoo for the last several years. Yeah. It seemed a little worse to me this year. This year, I felt like there was a more concerted effort to bring in marquee names. I mean, there's usually, you can always find a handful of folks where you're like, oh, yeah, you, know, you just know the name by sight. Yeah. This year, it really felt more like, we need to bring in all the A-list to get people over here. So you had your Rob Liefelds, and you had... Um, well, Frank Avia was supposed to be there, but he wasn't there. Um, Liefeld would be so pleased to hear that you put him on the A-list. And I said him first, even. Exactly. Even. Um, you know, We're I'm... mending bridges here at Crisis <laughs> on Infinite Midlives. Um, Jim Lee was in Artist Alley doing some sketches. Yeah, at least occasionally. Um, yeah. I... Oh. Connor and Palmiotti were there, obviously. Um, not obviously, because if you weren't there, you wouldn't have known that. But <laughs> yeah. uh, first rule of uh, the Crisis Infinite Lost <laughs> podcast: Amanda rarely draws a blank, but when she does, it's while I'm sucking on my cigarette and can't speak and help out. I'd like to go back to the point where I'm on copious painkillers. Yes, <laughs> I'm lucky yes. to be upright. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it was a solid list of. Uh, there were a ton of great artists there. Yes. Now, I chose this year not to get art there because I really wanted Frank Avia, and it, it wound up that his booth just it wound up getting taken over by somebody else. I can't remember who. Um, Jay Lee, that's the name I was drawing a blank on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the one I came up with before that I couldn't think. He, he wasn't in Boston. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, this year in Boston, there was, there was a really good cross-section of A-list people and just really good artists that tend to come to Boston Comic-Con a lot so you sort of get to know who they are. Yeah. So so yeah, this year when I couldn't get Frank Avia in San Diego, I decided since I've been on a big Judge Dread kick ever since I saw the Dread movie and said, "Okay, this is a big gap in my comics education. Let me start getting some of the you know, let me try one or two of the Judge Dread complete case file books that 2000 AD comes out with that they're basically reprinting 99% of everything they've done since 1977." And I got hooked through the bag and back, and I'm just finishing volume 11, and now I'm staring down the barrel of, okay, I can either... Because anything after volume 8 is not in print in the United States. Yeah. So uh, I'm staring down the barrel of, I gotta wait till next year's Comic-Con to go to the 2000 AD booth, or start getting sh shipped overseas directly <laughs> from 2000 AD. And that's gonna probably start happening after my next paycheck. So now I'm paying off two comic conventions. Hey, it's not like the cat needs to go to college. No. He fucking better not with his <laughs> grades. I don't think I've seen him go to school. I mean, one of the things I ran into this year, there was actually just such a, a surfeit, surfeit wealth of, of talent that we're, <laughs> we're going wealth. Wealth is good. <laughs> visiting this year that it was, you know, I was able to um, get work from Sarah Richard, who um, has done work with My Little Pony and Atomic Robo. Um but, you know, it's also, she's one that we saw back in 2009. When it was tiny and in the basement of whatever hotel that was. Yeah, and I'm not sure what credit she had at the time, but... Yeah, what it, was... what I what had drawn me to her work at that point was she had a print of uh, Vash the Stampede done in her style from Trigon that I just thought was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
it's sort of abstractish and just cool and lines kind and, of yeah so yeah you picked up that print but because of that we've gotten to to know her work and she's always kind of a first stop yeah um and she was there katie cook was there um whose whose art style is is adorable is the best way to put it. Yeah. Well, you picked up a couple things. Go ahead and describe those. Oh, she was doing these little, like, um, playing card size... Um, watercolors. Watercolor sketch art things. And so we got... You showed her a picture of Parker, the uh, Crisis on Home... Uh, Crisis on Infinite Midlife's Home Office mascot. Pa- pass me one of those pills. <laughs> Just let me try it. No, my precious. <laughs> Anywho. Um, and, and she was able to do a little sketch of, of Parker that was just adorable and now lives in our kitchen. Yeah. Um, and, and your other great love. Scotch. I have, yeah. a, I have a sketch of Scotch. Not necessarily my Scotch, but really all Scotch is my Scotch. Don't touch my Scotch. It's just a happy glass of Scotch. <laughs> for, for my belly. <laughs> <laughs> and that is also in the kitchen. <laughs> With my Scotch. Yeah. Scotch won't be in the kitchen long. I can already tell. <laughs> Um, but I mean, there's, there's folks that we passed that, you know, we were like, oh yeah, we should go back and, t-. you know, Ben Templesmith was here. Um, and oh, yeah, shit, we didn't get back there. <laughs> um, Rebecca Isaacs was there. Um, and you may know her work from Angel and Faith and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series 10. Um, <laughs> there was, who else? Eric Talbot was there. Babs Tarr, for those folks that are interested in the new Batgirl run, she's the, the designer of the new Batgirl yeah, and she outfit. was and she was selling prints of uh, some of the concept art that uh, had, has been going around. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there was just a ton of cool. Mark Texera, Frank Terry, Mark Wade, <laughs> all these folks that we yeah. Oh, Ryan Otley, you were going to go by there a couple times. Yeah, that's another one I kept for Britain forgetting to bring an Invincible book in for him to sign. So yeah, you, there was, um, and that's just in addition to other folks who who may not have broken yet who certainly brought a bunch of great stuff that because it, it's always well worth your time to visit folks that you haven't heard of if their art style catches your eye yeah that's how i got a really cool um constantine watercolor when i was in san diego, san diego. yeah um but yeah just a ton of great artists that had booths that we just didn't have time to get to everybody <laughs> yeah well and the ones we did get to because this is local to us and we knew at least one day we'd have a car with a trunk and control of our own transportation of stuff. Since we were there the full three days, there were a couple of artists that we went to to do commissions. Yes. Now, I've never done a commission before this convention. Normally when I pick up art, I go to the artists I like and three out of four of them will have pre-done sketches or ink washes or pen and ink or full color or whatever that they just have available for sale. And there's usually great stuff. I got two or three Matt Wagner things that way over the yeah. years. Um got yeah. some Bruce Tim. Yeah. Although yeah. that was that was the that was our first brush with commission because he was letting people get in line and taking yeah. orders as a fast food cook might. Yeah, he was saying, I'm doing twenty <laughs> sketches. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <laughs> so this is the first time, however, we did commissions now like yeah. like i said since i have been on a judge dread jag i decided since simon bisley's going to be there and the first judge dread in print i read was the batman judge dread that he did i wanted to judge dread yeah so immediately first thing walking in the place went to his table and he had no art for sale 
he he had a couple of sketchbooks and he'd set up a a rudimentary drafting table. Yep. And he had a handle, a handle of Grey Goose vodka. Let me clarify. There was a 1.5 liter bottle of Grey Goose vodka. <laughs> yes. Um, so it was, I, I knew I wanted something. I was there early. So yeah, I had to arrange the commission. And it, it's always, I'm learning it's a weird thing because everybody does their stuff different. Now my experience with Bisley, who was a very cool dude, he was easy to talk to. With the noise of the crowd, his his accent was almost impenetrable. Which only makes me wonder what he thought of our god-awful Boston accents. And ours aren't that bad. But yeah. I'm sure there were others with far thicker Boston accents. Well, even then, the <laughs> thing that shocked me was uh, when we I kept going back to check on the commission. And he was doing a ton of stuff. And no money had changed hands. Everybody does something different. So I, I told him what I wanted. And ask, do you, do you want the money now? Do you want part of the money now? And he said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, come back. When do you need to buy? And we had to move the time two or three times because clearly people were going there and saying, here's the money I need to buy this. Well, he's got to take care of those people. Right. So I never gave him a dime. So, yeah, it was, okay, yeah, come back and whatever. And well, one time, the, the one that really amused me yesterday was you were oh, like. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I was getting to. Um, yeah. He he wrote your name down for what was at least the fourth time at that point. Yeah, and and what you wanted and how much you you were negotiating it for and the time. But to be fair, <laughs> let's say he wrote my name down for every inch and a half of vodka that disappeared from that bottle. So, um, and then there were there were ones on the list above you that he went. He's like, uh, he said something like, "Screw these guys." He like crossed them out. Yeah. <laughs> But it's uh, the thing that got me with, with his accent was I'm like, uh, okay, we're not going to go for long. On, we're not going to be here for long on Sunday. Can I have it by noon? And he's like, what's noon? <laughs> I don't know if that's an American thing. Or... I, I lived in England. I honestly don't remember. I, I remember that it was on military time. So, I mean, 12 o'clock is 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, well, the, either way, we were able to communicate. And, yeah, clearly he was doing stuff loosely but he he seemed like a laid-back loose kind of guy Oh yeah he was awesome so so yeah the way it wound up working was when i went around noon i'm like is it done yet he's like no of course it's not fucking done (laughs) you know can you come back at whatever i'm like dude i'm i'm leaving in about an hour or so and he's like fuck it wait here i'll do it now yeah and i'm thinking oh great he's gonna toss this fucking thing off and we already agreed on an amount that son of a bitch did the best ink wash, complete bust of the chest up with detail on yeah. Dred's shoulder epaulets. And, yep. oh, my God, it's goddamn glorious. And it took him 20 minutes to do. Yeah, he, and it has some very fine brush stroke work around the chin where there's the stubble and all oh, of yeah. that. Yeah. It, it's glorious. It was a weird situation to get to that point because it was really every time I go back, I'm like, I'm not getting shit from this guy. Well, because it's okay, okay. He's been fun to talk to, and I feel like it's been a great experience to meet him. And I got his signature on that book. But it's, it's a weird dichotomy because if you if you like the person's work, you also respect them as an artist, and you don't want to go back and be the. Hi, are you done yet? Hi, yeah. hi, it's me again. Hi. <laughs> Please don't speak in that voice again. <laughs> Jesus, it just blasted into my headphones at 500 decibels. So you just... You I don't just... think I want to work with you anymore. <laughs> I want to be that guy. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and it's... 
again, no money had changed hands. We had sort of a gentleman's agreement. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But uh, my God, when it's, you know, when it came down to it, he's like, all right, let me do it. There was a guy that was watching as, as he was finishing it up, too, who had come back to get his own work and he commented he's like i've been coming by and watching him work all weekend and he's putting a level of care into yours meaning you rob (laughs) that um he he had not seen in other people's work oh yeah it's uh, i'm i'm thrilled with it it's going to the framers almost immediately oh yes (laughs) but uh but that's just the way he worked whereas you did a commission yep um, with Sarah Richard and go ahead. I walked up to her and um, <clears throat> I, I I saw the list because she had all of her prices on a sheet, you know, for whether or not it was a head or a half bust or a full figure, um, color not not in color. Yep. Um, so you know, I wasn't sure exactly. I, again, uh, not that I. And making a bragging statement, I'm willing to throw however much money I need to throw at this to make the thing happen. So yeah, it's a, we save up for these things all year. So I, I said to her, I'm like, I'm just curious in terms of um, your your price sheet. You know, I'm interested in because um, you know we're fresh off of having seen Guardians of the Galaxy. What what would it take to get a baby Groot in color in the pot? Yeah. <laughs> And so she told me, and I said, make that happen. <laughs> yeah, well, she told you, and her face fucking lit up. Oh, yeah. Up. <laughs> like, 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 it hadn't occurred to her before to possibly draw this, and I'm glad that I gave her the idea, because the level of glee she took in, in doing the work for me is equivalent, if not exceeded, by the level of glee that I took in receiving the work. Um, yeah. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> But it was also, she had that reaction, and she took the money up front. Yep. Um, yep. And originally, the agreement was it would be ready for Saturday. Yep. Now, on Saturday, when I went to see Simon Bisley, and we had agreed, fine, I'll come back on Sunday, we decided, let's go to uh, Richard's table and let her know it doesn't have to be done today. You know, because you know, if these guys are doing something on a deadline, it means they can't take others. Right. So we figured, all right, if this opens her up for another commission or two, it's more money in her pocket, and we got to be back here anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, you went back, and she had the sketch ready, so you could at least see basically what it was going to look like. And it made my head explode from cuteness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, so, and yeah, certainly we went back, and uh, yeah, our buddy Trebuchet had also put in a commission. Um, and we had told her they can both be ready for Sunday. Both were ready as soon as we walked up. Yep. Because you'd paid up front. It was just here, here it is. Well, and, and a difference too, also, she took my phone number. So either way, she had the money and she had my contact information. So if for whatever reason we missed each other, she had a way of getting a hold of me. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you just don't know how some of these things are, are going to work. It's, right. I think what I've learned from the experience is, if you're even remotely going to do a commission, do yourself and do the artist a favor. Get there the first day and set that up almost the first thing that you do. It makes life easier for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It gives everybody flexibility. And be prepared. You know, if they quote you a price and want the money up front, give it to them. Yeah. Um, obviously, everybody's different. You know, with, <laughs> with, with Bisley, it was as loose as you could possibly get. And up until he put the pen to paper and said, I'll do it right now, I didn't know if I was going to get anything. And again, I'd have been okay with that. You know, I really wanted it. I had just as much fun talking to this guy yeah. and shooting the shit. 
as I did with anything else with oh, a convention. Was, he was great to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, do it early. Get there with your mind and be flexible. You know, if, if something doesn't work out, you can certainly, uh, certainly, I'm sure, ask for your money back. Sometimes, I, I'd imagine, particularly with smaller artists, you know, if they wind up getting slammed, it's possible they could promise more than they can deliver. But you know, again, it depends on who it is. You would not have had a problem with Sarah Richards, nope, because she's local right now, anyway. Yeah, localish. Yeah, and and mailing it would not have been that big a deal. Yeah, and uh. I, Apparently, bring vodka. I, I, I guarantee you, whoever brought that vodka, he got his thing well, first. Well, I, I think it probably you'd be well served to to perhaps Google the person that you're interested in to see if they have information about commissions on their website, um, so that you know going in what to expect. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, a lot of them. Uh, Boston Comic Con. I follow them on Twitter, and they're really pretty good about sending retweeting tweets from people so i had a pretty good idea of what a, a lot of artists that i might have been interested in if uh bisley wasn't doing commissions or wasn't selling anything if he was just signing yep. you, you never can tell um or if he had, or if something had happened and he wasn't able to make it because there were some uh folks that were originally on the list to show up like uh stan sakai um sakai wound up oh, showing show up, up on saturday okay so i did see him um sorry trebuchet yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, Scotty Young was supposed to be there. Right. Th- that was probably the, the other one who, okay, wouldn't mind getting a something, a rocket raccoon rocket. or a Groot out of it. <laughs> yeah, you get a rocket from, from, from them. But so, but yeah, I had a good sense of who was doing commissions and what their prices were for, for some backups. You know, there could very easily have been, yeah, like you said, a Xander dressed as Nick Fury from Rebecca Isaacs. <laughs> That just would have been fun. Yeah, well, because half the fun is sort of, you know, on the one hand, you want, in some, in many cases, the the artist to draw the thing that they're well-known for doing, you know? So it makes sense to get a Judge Dredd from Bisley who asked you, yeah. he's like, y- you know, I drew this, right? Well, yeah, that's the whole point. But I may have been the only person who asked him to do it. I guarantee you he got 30 Lobos. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were... They, they were there were a lot of Lobos. Um, we saw also um, the the gentleman who came to pick up his own art um, got a Fantastic Four from him. Yeah, <laughs> he did a hell of a Ben Grimm. That yeah, was that was cool. that was a really cool Ben Grimm. <laughs> yeah, so it, sometimes these guys get a kick out of doing things that are a little off kilter. But you know, it's also fun. Yeah, you know, one of the time I I also follow a variety of artists on Twitter, and uh, Raphael Albuquerque from some convention I forget which one. Um, showed a, a tweeted a picture of a commission he had just completed for someone where he they wanted Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it made perfect sense the second you looked at it. <laughs> yeah, and if you can think around those kind of corners, you know, uh, you'll get a reaction like Richard had when. Yeah, you which asked is why I was like, Groot. oh yeah, she should do Groot. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, Groot, art wise, Groot and Rocket were fucking everywhere. It seemed like everybody yeah. had prints of it. We saw a ton of Star Lord cosplay. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> just because that's a burgundy jacket, basically. Well, the mask, though, a lot of people they've put the mask into production as a costume piece, so a lot of people had that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was every, there was more cosplay this year in general. Yeah, by an order of magnitude. Yeah, I mean La- there wasn't the we didn't see like a Yaya Han like we saw last year, and uh, there was a giant transformer like. 
full giant size transformer yeah. last year. So nothing quite on that level this year that we saw. But there were more people in general coming out in a more just for the love of the game kind of level of cosplay. Yeah. Um, and that's always nice to see. You, you like the enthusiasm. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> and they're clearly all having fun. The one other thing I noticed, and I don't I don't want to really go down this road because we're already 50 minutes in. <laughs> I said this would be a short, <laughs> short episode. It ain't turning out that way, but... I just thought time seemed longer because painkiller. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really longer for me because you're not sharing them. <laughs> but um, all over the place, on almost every pillar walking in the door, were big leaflets saying cosplay does not equal consent. Yep. Uh, it was very clear what the harassment policy was. And it was it was officially placed there by Boston Comic-Con. It wasn't um, in in the couple of cases in San Diego where we saw similar signs up. They were put up by third parties. Um, yeah, uh, San Diego, their harassment policy I don't have in front of me. They made it clear that inappropriate behavior is not accepted. Their uh, harassment policy is still a bit nebulous, and they don't get specific about say if you're cosplaying. Yeah. Whereas um, this was cosplay does not equal consent. Hands off. Yeah. Don't take take pictures without consent. Uh, yeah, without permission. Um, the one thing I'll give San Diego credit for was they had that big stand on the first floor yeah. with cops <laughs> to go report if yeah. you've had any problems. Um, part of it, I think, is Boston is still, even though it's really on the cusp of being really a world class. Yeah. Right now, it's still very regional for Boston and New England. It wouldn't take much. A little bit bigger space, a couple hotel deals, you know, a little bit better handle on programming and lines to yeah. you know make it something like a you know a heroes con where you know it's a destination convention. Yeah, like I think I, I think just to start with if they can reach out and make some kind of deal if they haven't already with the hotel across the street so that maybe they can also get access to um, their conference rooms to branch out for some of the panel programming so there's less of the need to feel they have to sweep the rooms and get everybody out before they start the next set of panels. Yeah. Something. <laughs> but be- because it's still at the size that it is, it's really easy to get a handle on. You know, if there's a, a freak wandering around trying to do uh, upskirts on Daenerys Targaryen, <laughs> they're going to get somebody's attention. And it's yeah. not hard to then. There was a, a much larger contingent of clearly shirted volunteers and yes. staff this year than there was last year. Uh, this is true. So it's easier because of the size to post the policy everywhere and be able to take action quickly uh, that said i didn't notice anybody having a problem yeah it's a convention some word that somebody had a problem will come out san diego is so fucking big you almost can't respond quickly to anything that happens that's true now even though they've been doing it for years and clearly they're experienced at it and there's cops every i mean the best example was you know you talked about it in one of the episodes from comic-con <laughs> Where the crowd control got fucked up to the point where the railroad tracks were packed with people yeah. with the arms down and a trolley sitting there waiting and the, the cops are trying frantically trolley to get... coming. Yeah. <laughs> so individual, th- it, it's a hard thing to respond to. Right. You know, it's, it's certainly, I think, a solid step to say, if you need to respond, here's where the cops are. Right. This is the place that you go to. You know, if there's a 
you know, somebody wandering around with a GoPro on a stick trying to be a douchebag, it, it's going to be hard to respond quickly no matter what with 130,000 people walking around. That's, so it was, that's I, true. I certainly thought it was cool that Boston, and none of this stuff was around last year, no. it made it very clear, no, this is what we expect, this is what the policy is, and it, it wouldn't have been yeah. hard to find... And and I hope that we don't hear any any bad stories because what I saw was a, a lot of folks genuinely having a good time. As far as I could tell, interaction seemed respectful. Um, you know, as a jaded veteran, was I happy stopping every couple of feet while I was watching people want to take pictures of the cosplayers and not finding a section off to the side where they weren't doing that. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> but it was nice to see people so excited about that stuff. It it reminds me of when I was not a jaded convention goer. <laughs> well, yeah, and we we've been going to local conventions on and off, you know, for about 10, 13, uh, yeah. 14 years. You know, there's always been little conventions that have happened. A little one at the Heinz Convention Center and uh, it was fun. You know, nobody cosplayed, but to see it reach this size and have this kind of reaction and people going to it. And, I mean, yeah, I think I saw in 2009 two cosplayers. Yep. There were a, a few last year. Um, but, yeah, this year it was just clearly everybody embraced it for what it was. I, I liked uh, there were a, a number of uh, familial groups where somebody was dressed up as Rick Grimes um, or as Laurie <laughs> with signs. Have you seen Carl? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Rick Grimes, uh, that's an easy one to do if you got a tan shirt and a tin badge. Yep. So I will still not be cosplaying <laughs> as anything ever. You saw a Kevin Match stick this year, didn't you? I did, and that was awesome. And if I was going to stop anybody for a picture, because <laughs> he probably walked the damn floor because it's been 15-something years since, yep. <laughs> since Mage 2. But eh, maybe if I lose pounds, I'll, I'll go as Kevin Match stick. We'll keep you apprised, dear listeners. <laughs> About my fucking weight weight problem related to problem drinking? No, we will not. The problem <laughs> drinking will make it sound fun, because it is. I'm a hero. I saved Billy. He's with Jeebus now. Yes, dear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one always saying don't do in jo inside jokes. Anyway, so, so yeah, it's. I, I suppose wrapping it up, Boston Comic Con, it, it ain't San Diego. It's it's never gonna be San Diego, but my God, it's become fucking fun. Yes. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff to get and a ton of stuff to do, and you know, it's well worthwhile if you're in the New England or hell, Middle Atlantic area, because there's yeah there's stuff to do in Boston. We're a drinking town. Yes. The closest yes, we restaurant are. <laughs> is called the Whiskey Priest. <laughs> we'll fuck you up. <laughs> we'll we'll ruin your field trip. Our sacrament is made of Jack Daniels. <laughs> well, it's more of a more of a Jameson town, but yeah, I like the Jack Daniels more for me. All right, I really did not think we'd be able to talk about this for an hour. So, you want to talk a couple comic? Let's books? Let's talk about a couple of comic books. All right. So, all right. First one we'll do. This is not one we've talked about before. Um, that Superior Foes of Spider Man number fourteen, uh, written by Nick Spencer, art by Steve Lieber and Rich Ellis. Uh, this is sort of the end of an arc, yep. uh, potentially beginning of a new arc. Uh, it's the aftermath of uh, Boomerang's art heist 
uh, getting the picture of Doctor Doom without his mask on, which we never see. <laughs> Because there's no way they'd show that to us. Well, it's 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 like what's inside the briefcase in in Pulp Fiction. Like, exactly, <laughs> with a couple of little nods of Boomerang saying, "Wow, I never knew Doctor Doom had a hey." <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, with that over, uh, the crew has gone to ground at a safe house, and uh, yeah, basically the entire issue is talking about why Overdrive had <laughs> stolen a school bus <laughs> and what Speed Demon had been up to. This book is far funnier than it has any right to be. <laughs> it's, it's a book that got thrown in with my polls. Yeah. Because it had Spider-Man on the cover, and the owner of our local comic store is... It's got Spider-Man on it. He'll like it. Yeah. Well, God bless him. It's If I say I want a particular book, I'll get every associated book. So yeah. I've had Spider-Man on my polls for 10 years. If it says Spider-Man on it, I get it. So this one, I really... I don't even think I've read the first three or four, and finally it was one of those, all right, let me see what's going on with this. And, yeah, it's it's almost, it's not at the same, yep, this is clearly an award-winning book level, but it's almost Hawkeye-like in that it's just these dudes who are supervillains, and they're they're hustlers, they're yeah. B-list. It, they're work-a-day guys. They're doing this because they need the money. <laughs> yeah, it's none of the big names. the The biggest name that I reckon is the Beetle, and it's the new Beetle. Yeah, yeah. So, well, no, there, there was a Shocker in there. Um, yeah, but Shocker's always been half a joke. <laughs> they point that out in this book. Yeah, with awful consequences. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it it's super criminals in like the Donnie Brasco mob super. guys. You know. We got to earn. We got to pick up the, yeah, the... You can almost see him, yeah, like in Donnie Brasco trying to bust open a stolen parking meter for the quarters. Super in quotes, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, just these dudes. Yeah, yeah, and they certainly go on jobs. But in, in this particular issue, the only action we ever see is in flashback. Yeah. There's a great sequence of Overdrive getting away from Mr. Negative's... I mean, that's another thing I love. We find out Overdrive got his powers... Because he really wanted to be a superhero, but <laughs> it, it, to the to the point where he was trying to get himself bitten by spiders. Oh yeah, he, he, you know, finding himself in the burn ward because somehow he got a hold of like a gamma guns so that he could irradiate himself. Yeah. Everybody else in the Marvel universe, if you even mutter gamma too loud, you become a Hulk. This guy's yeah. in the burn ward for three <laughs> weeks. But uh, and, and, yeah, so. We, when that didn't happen, he became a low-level race driver and, yeah, had the opportunity to get powers from Mr. Negative, who's one of the newer Spider-Man villains since Brand New Day. And then he's like, oh, so I, Mr. Negative got uh, got put away. I thought I was free and clear. Now they're sending collections people after me for my powers. Yeah, like they gave him some kind of nanotech that they want to repossess. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just a great two-page layout talking about how to win a car chase yeah just showing the the bullet points of this chase <laughs> checklist yeah it's use the whole road and be unpredictable and that was just a hoot cool car jump <laughs> yeah so so yeah it's it does cool stuff like that it's similar to what's going on in hawkeye but it, but the the, the minutiae um that the artists put into each of the panels you know, from something just like a straight up frat boy kind of gag where 
Beetle is in the bathroom taking a lady whiz and Shocker and the cyborg head of some dude that he got in like a previous issue. <laughs> the cyborg head is watching her cheerfully peeing. She's not cheerfully peeing. He is cheerful that she is peeing. Let me clarify. <laughs> she wears a full face mask. She could have been gleeful. <laughs> I've taken leaks that were damn near specific. Clear that he was cheerful. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's yeah the uh, the art on it, it. It runs the gamut from little cartoony things and some of the flashbacks to uh, some character that was poking at Overdrive because he couldn't believe that later earlier in the flashback uh, that Overdrive was describing that he somehow got with Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just some stuff in there with the poking that's just kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Hawkeye is is fun because it you know shows Hawkeye is just a dude. Hawkeye also clearly they're really shooting for the moon in a lot of literary ways, you know, with from the point of view of the dog. Yeah. And this latest issue where Hawkeye's death, so trying to use the art to communicate what's going on cuz there's not a lot of dialogue cuz Hawkeye can't hear it. Yeah. Um you don't get quite that level of yeah we're trying really experimental things in superior foes of spider-man but you you get the fun yeah these are fuck-ups they're just trying to entertain you i mean sometimes you forget that it's a good reason to pick up a comic book is to just be entertained (laughs) yeah and it's there's no no huge action yeah there's no they're not trying to change the world. It's just a fun, entertaining story about <laughs> loser super criminals. They're, and yeah, just trying to, they don't have a mad on for Spider-Man. They're just trying to make a living. Right. You know, it, Overdrive's whole, it, when he realizes, you know what? I'll be the bad guy. That's fine. There's plenty of folks that are now superheroes that started off as bad guys and they reformed. So I'll just do that. Now, <laughs> that's right. I forgot to talk about that. It's uh, I'll be a superhero of the yeah the Hawkeye way. I'll and, be a reformed villain. Yeah, and, and, and the reaction of 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 the people on his crew is just I should kick your ass, man. He can turn on me at any time. I should kill you. Yeah, it's. A, uh, it's <laughs> It, it's a lot of fun. It's again, it's a book that I just sort of got by accident, and yeah, you know, when I finally started reading it, I'm like, "There's, there's a lot of fun stuff going on here." It's there are smarter books, there are more literary books. This one has so far not failed to put a smile on my face. Yeah. Like, All right, this is. You know, if Flash's Rogues Gallery had a Rogues Gallery, of, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're we're not out to kill anybody. Dude. We're just trying to score, man. Yeah, I'd say these guys, uh, the analogous group in the DC universe, is probably Flash's Rogues to a certain degree. Yeah, but <laughs> but if there were better Rogues, that were really the Rogues, <laughs> yeah, like real master criminals. What? <laughs> I, I don't want to diss Captain Cold, and your master <laughs> certainly has his moments, but Pied Piper, really. Well, no, uh, uh, don't get me into Pied Piper and his <laughs> history. He became a good guy, and you know, then there was the new Fifty Two. But yeah, all right, I was thinking more Trickster. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, <laughs> and so yeah, it, uh, this is a fun one. If you're not picking it up, or if, like I said, it's being thrown in with your pulls, and it's like, no, I 
I want Spider-Man books. This is definitely check it out. It's yeah. it's fun. Uh, less fun. <laughs> Gone on too far. Um, Long in the tooth for something that seems to involve children. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's one I gleefully. It, it's. It's not rare that I put books on my pull list before they ever come out just based on a title and a, a cover image, but I did it with this. What is it? It's five, six, seven fucking years ago at this point. Yeah. And it's, we finally have the final chapter. Kick-Ass 3, which is actually the fourth Kick-Ass series. Yeah. Uh, including Hit-Girl and there is a Kick-Ass series. Yeah, there was Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2, Hit-Girl, <laughs> Kick-Ass 3. <laughs> Uh, written by Mark Miller, with uh, art by John Romita Jr. Yep. Um, yeah, it, this is the end. I, I don't know how much more of a... It's finally kick-ass and hit-girl go after the mafiosos who yeah. have everybody's identity, and they've captured uh, Dave's buddy, and it's... They've the, crippled his other buddy. Yeah, so it's the final story before everybody goes their separate ways and you know, goes on their real path in life. Well, it's one of those things where I, I I don't know how I should feel about the end of, of the series. There were some moments in the series overall that were really good. I felt in general that the series went on too long. So stuff just got dragged out and dragged out. Yeah, I mean, this for a story that was a real and, and I've said this before about Mark Miller, or is it Millar? I, I'm never sure. We'll we'll go with Miller sure. for right now. He's really good at, I, I call them small idea comics. Comics that are an elevator pitch. That if yeah. you're trapped in an elevator at San Diego Comic-Con with, <laughs> with one of the deal makers from some movie studio, you can throw the idea at him and get yourself a movie deal. Because God knows he's been good at having his shit made into movies. Yeah. Some of them good. I, I like the kick-ass movies. I actually like them better than the comics for the most part because they shrunk them down a little bit. Well, I, I, I agree with you. This did not need to be four miniseries to get to this point. I think, I mean, I, I enjoyed Miller's stuff uh, back when he was writing for things like Stormwatch. Um, yeah, and The Authority. The Authority. I really enjoyed Wanted when I saw it. When I read it the first time um, and I saw the movie, I thought I, I did think that the book was better. Well, the um, mo- it's because the movie was shit. <laughs> it was unmitigated crap. But here's here's where you set yourself up for that kind of thing. Um, as a as a creator, you go out of your way to give very detailed art notes to your artist saying, I want my lead in this book to look like Eminem. I want my female protagonist to look like Halle Berry. I want <laughs> so there's no way unless they get all of these people for the movie that you're gonna um, live up to <laughs> what you've got down on your pages because you've got your script and your storyboard already out there. <laughs> yeah. Now see, I, I'm with you in that I liked Wanted the first time I read it. I hated that he did that. That he and J.G. Jones. Yeah, made everybody look like a movie star because it was very clear. It pulled me out of the story so many times. It's like, you're just trying to get this made into a movie. See, I just went with it. But I can see what you're saying. It's it, After a couple pages with every issue that came out, it's like, all right, okay. But it's 
it just seemed, and it's a problem I have reading any of Miller's books now. It just, I know you're just trying to get a movie deal. I don't believe you're trying to make a good comic out of this. You're trying to get a good enough, basic, simple, high concept, small idea story yeah. that you can get a development deal out of. That being said, it wanted ends in a in a giant masturbatory fantasy of <laughs> of you know the bad guys win and and to you know fairly violent ends. Um, yeah, which you know again, if you're if you have bought into the protagonist of the story, you're you're fine with the payoff the first time you read it. Yeah. Um, having said that, reading the finale to Kick Ass. While I wouldn't go so far as to say masturbatory, it's it's he he wraps it up nicely and and happily for all of the good guys in a way that for a book that was willing to show such dark moments with several of the characters felt to me like a bit of a cop out. I, I would have liked to have seen some collateral damage. Yeah, I mean, it was very much a wish fulfillment. Yeah. You know, to the point of. The entire thing is its own wish fulfillment for comic book geeks, you know, where particularly in the first series where, yeah, it's if a comic book geek put on a suit and tried to do this, he would get annihilated and wind up in the hospital. So for him to have this arc where he's actually effective and is able to, using an honest to God superhero move, defeat, yeah, you know, the defeat the mafia, granted, he needs. Well, and Hit even girl's assistance. But. Yeah, I'd say even from there, though, you know, Hit Girl herself has already planned out like eight hundred moves ahead. So, you know, when the dirty cop thinks he finally has her cornered at the end, nope. Yeah, yeah it's. But yeah, it's. I, I. It didn't need to go on this long. They lost me probably somewhere halfway through Kick Ass Two. I mean, for me, about the only thing. It, it, you know, Dave gets out of this okay and goes on and and becomes a cop and yay for him getting out of the Spoilers. vigilante. We spoil everything. <laughs> getting out of the vigilante business, he becomes a cop, gets a girlfriend, yay. Um, the when the Hit Girl miniseries was going on, um, one of the things that struck me was just the the level to which Mindy had been fucked up by her dad. Um, that oh, yeah. they show very clearly in that miniseries. Um, and it's not just, you know, she's daddy's girl looking for his attention and approval. This is this is a girl who's deeply broken and now looks at the world in a really fucked up way and can't stop looking at it that way. Oh, yeah. Hit Girl is not a happy character. No. But, again, it's all wish fulfillment here at the end. She gets out of it scot-free to go on and perpetuate this continued cycle of abuse because she finds, spoilers, some wimp kid at the end who she's going to make nut up to become the next kick-ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way in the, the constant cycle of abuse. <laughs> you know, all right, so there's a downer note at the end of the happy wish fulfillment. Ending. She hasn't learned anything from it. She's gone off and she, she's, you know, living the, living the cool vigilante slash mercenary dream. Yeah. As it were. <laughs> yeah. And she's still somehow 12 years old because... Because if you're that gymnastic and athletic, she probably hasn't had her period yet. So she's like Nadia Comaneci. She's... You're, you're putting way too much thought into the fact that 
that John, John Romita Jr. Jr. can't draw anybody <laughs> who, who's younger than 50. Yeah, she had a moment where she said that she was 96 pounds, and I didn't believe it from the art. So yeah. <laughs> There are times when Mindy looks like a 45-year-old pizza chef from Brooklyn. <laughs> it's, it's just... Look, I, I've gone on record. Romita is not my favorite artist. There are individual panels and things where he knocks it out of the park. Yeah, she either looks like a 10-year-old cherub or... Tyrion the imp in drag. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, write that down. That's a possibility. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, the kick-ass saga, I think, went on way too long for the payoff. Um, how did you feel about the ending that was clearly... It was a movie It was a movie ending, ending. yeah. Where you know, the big exposition and fade to black and the big kick-ass title and then the credits and then there was essentially the stinger which is when she goes and finds this new kid to fuck up yeah i mean number one that just (laughs) hammered home to me uh i know you've already had two movies made out of this but it's clearly this is all you were trying to do is make a movie story and more power to you you know you live in some estate in glasgow and (laughs) we're on the outskirts of boston in a second bedroom (laughs) surrounded by long boxes you know, I certainly can't write a story, but yeah, it just uh, kind of well, it, it didn't work for me, and it didn't work for me in the same way as yep, that's Eminem and Wanted. It's I knew you were trying to make a movie, and now you're just rubbing it in my fucking face. Well, it just makes me wonder, though. You know, perhaps I am not the demographic that Miller is looking for. I might have enjoyed this book and and not really questioned the things that were questioning had I read it when I was sixteen, maybe. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I don't, I don't know what this book is rated. I don't, I don't really care. Um, uh, there, we, <laughs> we had Hit Girl chopping somebody's head in half and then planting a pickaxe in another one's. I don't think it's rated teen or E for everyone. Yeah, but you know, we we've talked about this, if not on the show, just amongst ourselves. You know, first first book I r- read at twelve that was like a lengthy, like the first time I had I had access to like an adult adult book was when I was twelve, and it was The Shining. Yeah. So. You know, I, I don't think it really matters what age you read things as long as you have parents that are willing to, you know, ask the right questions to you after you're done reading something. Yeah. Rob, why are you masturbating while reading The Shining? <laughs> Rob, you've been in there a long time, honey. <laughs> I'm scared. Go away. Um, so I don't think my parents necessarily would have cared if I had read this book at 16 is what I'm saying. Um, in fact, my dad probably would have been jealous. <laughs> they didn't yeah. have books like that when he was 16. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was reading Watchmen and Dark Knight and stuff that was you know, Ronin all at 15, 16, 17. But it's the same reaction I had to, I, I read the Divergent series, um, at the suggestion of a friend, um, which is, uh, young adult literature. So I'm definitely not the, the demographic. And while there were moments of it that I enjoyed, there were also moments of it where I was, Looking at it cynically as a, a 40-something-year-old, going, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I mean, and certainly none of the relationships in Kick-Ass are even remotely adult. I mean, yeah. the, the most realistic throughout this series is you know, Dave and his girlfriend. It certainly seems through most of it he's thinking with his dick. Yeah. You know, God, I'm a dude. My dick has led me more than one time. <laughs> So, all right, I can buy that. It certainly is this an adult relationship? Uh, no, no, it is not. No, because you know I'm, I'm you know reading in the 
in the last couple of pages where Dave is talking about, you know, all of the various terrorists and drug cartels and whatnot that Mindy has taken down across continents and countries well outside the United States. And I'm like, where's Interpol? (laughs) (laughs) Who's at least questioning why this child is traveling on a plane alone yeah <laughs> let alone once they x-ray that luggage was yeah she chartering planes at 12 that's it here's one thing that leapt out at me it was one panel and it's mark <laughs> mark miller john ramita problem number one there's a panel hit girl has brought a goon up to the roof where the mafiosos are having their meeting inside she throws him through the skylight he is bound, gagged, with a bomb strapped across his chest. While lying there, <laughs> bound and gagged, he says, they made me do it. It's the most articulate goon ever. Yeah, speaking through a gag. So, or she's really shitty at tying him up, so he should have been able to get away. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I, yeah, there, there was just stuff in this that... Uh, that was clearly somebody was not thinking things through but uh, the big splash of kick-ass doing batman's year one speech i know we started with he's a loser and ineffectual but it's just uh, okay you're supposed to be better now but it's just cringy and really you're still at the point of you know you've already had the revelation of i i need to stop doing this and yet you're still aping batman and a a more self-aware comic which is again why i'm wondering if this was geared towards a younger demographic a young a more self-aware comic would have called him out on that in some fashion <laughs> yeah and it's the fact that it, he they didn't even do it all in just the splash page they yeah. finished it up in another panel yeah if you're gonna do it just fucking do it and let me get <laughs> on with it for there's Christ gonna be sake. a way you could have placed your 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 text boxes better <laughs> yeah i mean yeah and <laughs> the the other thing it only bothered me once I stopped to think about it was there was the panel where kick ass is getting his ass kicked. Yes. Um, and he fantasizes about his parents. What well, he's sitting, he's cursing that he read comic books and that they led him to yeah. this. And why did I ever do it? <laughs> and then he has a fantasy moment of those comic books. They were a moment of fantasy in a tough life. And they taught you that there's not a problem that can't be solved. And it, it really is a moment that any comic book fan reads it and says, oh, yes, this is the optimism from comic book. And it's in the middle of a book where, yeah, people are getting their heads chopped apart. Yeah. And halfway this guy doesn't want to be a superhero because he's getting his dick wet. Yeah, just... And there's an abused child who is the fucking main character for all intents and purposes. Who is not learning from from her choices. Yeah. <laughs> not learning the right thing anyway. Um, yeah, that your your recounting of that just made me roll my eyes hard enough that I want more painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and it's I'm looking back. I can distinctly remember telling the owner of of the comic store, "Going, put this on my pulls. It's this creative team, and it's called Kick Ass. And there's just someone getting their face bashed in on the fir- on the cover. I've got to get that." Gee, was this back when comics brought optimism to your life? Um, <laughs> I don't think anything's brought optimism to my life except for liquor since I was 19 years old. I'll just but, be sitting over here then. <laughs> okay. And that, Awkward. That sound you hear is me stomping <laughs> on my dick. Okay. But I, I distinctly remember that. And now years, years 
years <laughs> later. It's like, okay, we're we're done. Okay, I'm I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready to try the next Miller book because I know he's got good shit in him. Bridget Fonda and Nikita, I quit him out. <laughs> like, yeah, it's there's no through not from <laughs> no. You, you remember that run on the Authority that was still pretty decent. Yeah, yeah the, the, he might still have that in him. No, he hasn't showed it to you in a long time. I'm just gonna go read this uh, Jupiter's Legacy and cut myself. Yeah, <laughs> every once in a while I I get a glimmer. Um. Oh shit! I can't even think of it because since I haven't put it on my polls, of course it's been sold out. the The one he's got going on, Starlight. Now, Starlight, yeah. With Flash Gordon goes back to Mongo when he's old. That's not what it is, but that's what it is. Yeah. It's I've read the first issue with that. I'm like, okay, this is not bad, and I haven't been able to get my hands on any of the other ones. And since it's Miller, I really, <laughs> I, I, no, I had a warm thought about him. I, I don't want to ruin that. <laughs> Cherish this moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll flip through the trade, maybe make a <laughs> make a command decision. But, oh, look, I've got these authority books still over here where they're unblemished. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, Kick-Ass 3. Um, final, it happened. Yeah, final analysis, it's over now. Yeah. But don't worry, if you missed it, it's a Miller book. There will be a movie. Yep. Again. So, <laughs> so yeah, I swore this episode would come in early. Uh, it has about six minutes. <laughs> so Go us. Yeah, and and the sad thing is, I'm sure there was some meandering. If you've stuck with us again, we're exhausted. We've done far too many convention days in a row. Nobody should do it. It just, it wipes you out. It's a blast, but we're we're lucky we can string a sentence together. So if you stuck through this one, I swear to God, we'll be more coherent next week. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> or at least no less coherent than we normally are. Sure. <laughs> Why not? All right. <laughs> Let's wrap this one up. So, um, yes, uh, how can you find us? You can find us at our uh, website, uh, home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. You can find us on Gmail, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, our Twitter handle is... At Infinite Midlife. Yep. And, yeah, you can find the show on iTunes. If you found it on iTunes, uh, yeah, do us a favor. Uh, throw us a rating, if you don't mind. Uh, give us a review. The review for this week's will be, yeah, you meandered a little bit, and it sounded like one of you was on dope. One of you needed more or less painkillers. Exactly. We're still <laughs> trying to work out our medical balance here at the Crisis on Infinite Midlife's home office. Um, I will do. I will deal with my part of the booze balance in about fifteen minutes. Um, yeah. Is there any, anywhere else we can be found? Uh, comics podcast oh that's right we are proud members (coughs) um and yeah actually we're really psyched about this because yeah there's comics podcast network um you can find a link uh on our homepage. um yeah it's just it's a bunch of comics podcasts and there's a ton of different ones for all different kinds of focus and focuses foci foci fuck you Aren't we on some sort of internet radio as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, TuneIn Radio. Uh, you can find us there. We have links for all these on our uh, homepage, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. We can be found. We're out there. We can be found. We may not want to be found. Well, we would like you to find this, though, because we're 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 proud of this. Yes. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> proud of what I'm going to be doing in about an hour at the bar. So, oh. yeah, just listen to this, and <laughs> let's all pretend that I went to bed. I think what I'm about to do at the bar, considering my circumstance, can be described as heroic. <laughs> Or irrational. No, uh, no. Heroic, and I'm standing by that. All right. (laughs) Heroic and reckless. Sure. Why not? Let's go driving. I'm a hero in the car. There you go. All right. We're going driving. Uh, So because we're doing that, all right. 
That's the end. This is episode 29 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening, and uh, check in next week. And Derp. Seriously, give me one of those fucking pills, or I don't think I'm going to make it through the next six hours. Touch my fucking pills. <laughs>